Welcome to episode 223 of Grid Talk. Today we are here to discuss qualifying for the 2022 Belgian Grand Prix. My name is Tom Downey and joining me today we have Sophia Richmond of Everything F1. Hi Zof, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And yourself? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you for asking. Just before we get into it, if you enjoy the podcast, we would love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, you'll be automatically entered into a monthly draw to win a Grid Talk t-shirt from our champion range of perch. Also, if you're one of the 72% of people who aren't yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like and a subscribe. Right, let's get into it. So... Qualifying for Belgium 2022. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a great way to start the season back again with stuff that's coming out even before we even have qualifying or even before the race. Obviously, all the penalties that are t- going to be taking place and how much that has messed up qualifying positions for some people and some teams that do need the points. But to be fair, it's the best track to probably do it. Um, given how easy it is to overtake here in Spa and how, yeah, the track's more easier compared to, like, Monza, Zandvoort, Singapore. Imagine starting back at the grid in Singapore. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just don't think, you'd, I don't think you'd have much hope, really. I mean, there'll be a guaranteed safety car, but that's about it in Singapore. Um, but, yes, uh, just to give you a quick rundown, uh, Sophia and I, just before we started the podcast, we were working out to the best of our knowledge how the grid is going to line up for tomorrow. So this is the order that, as far as we can tell, the drivers will be starting tomorrow. So P1 will be Carlos Sainz. Alongside him will be Sergio Perez. Then on the second row, we have Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton. That should be interesting. And then behind them, we have some of the Twitch boys in George Russell and Alex Albon. Then behind them, we have the ousted Daniel Ricciardo alongside fellow uh, fellow Red Bull reject Pierre Gasly. And then rounding up the top <laughs> 10, we have the two Aston Martin drivers who were some stroke of luck have ended up in Q3. Well, not really, but they did in, in Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel. Behind them, the final logic is Nicholas Latifi, a.k.a. the GOAT, alongside Kevin Magnussen. Then behind them, we have the last of the non-penalty drivers with Yuki Tsunoda. And alongside Sonoda is the first of the penalty drivers in Valtteri Bottas, who is taking some new engine components. Then behind them, starting alongside each other, we have the, the championship protagonists, Max Verstappen starting P15, alongside Charles Leclerc starting P16, who once again suffered some from some questionable Ferrari strategy. Uh, then on the second to last row, we have Esteban Ocon starting P17, who actually had a very good... Q3, which we'll get into alongside him, Landon Norris, again, outdoing Danny Rick, not hard these days. And then on the back row, we have Zhou Guan Yu, and then last but not least, Mick Schumacher. So that's also the order in which we're going to talk about them today. So first of all, let's start with Carlos Sainz, so Yeah, uh, weird. <laughs> yeah, do you know, that's, that's a very good word to describe it. That last lap he did, he was very scruffy. You know, he he was he hit the gravel. He was, uh, he, you know, he, he wasn't making up any time. Uh, he, he he lifted going into the old Ruse Radion section. It was just it was just an odd lap. 
And then also the support that he was getting from Charles as well, that strategy, putting Charles on new soft tires and saying it was a mistake on radio, Matias saying it was a mistake. It did help in that run for um, science, but obviously not for the final one that he was trying to push for. But what? Like, just don't get it. Like, I mean, we can already check off um, <laughs> a Ferrari strategy blunder on the second part of the season of um, the uh, this season for F1. But it's just confusing. Like, it was good giving the support that he's needed because obviously with we know that Charles was taking the penalty anyway. So getting the support and trying to have um, signs as high as possible, which inevitably has made him take pole position, it's worked out well. But at the time of, when it was happening, it was like, it's like putting the hard tires on in Hungary all over again. Like, yeah. <laughs> why? Yeah, well, while I think we know what Ferrari have been doing over the summer break. They've been, they've been perfecting their strategy blunders because we haven't even got into the race and they've already messed up. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a poll, but not a poll for, um, for, for Carlos Sainz. I mean, he didn't officially get poll, but he starts P1. So you know, so he'll be. You know, I wonder if, if Ferrari will uh, will try inventing again now that their second driver is is, is starting at the front. Um, who knows, eh? But uh, but along, <laughs> alongside him, a man who I thought was going to take uh, the net pole position, I was hoping he was going to take net pole position, but he didn't. Sergio Perez, bit of a again, bit of a weird day for him. Yeah, I, I think just because of all the penalties and the mix-ups of what's happening, I think that kind of played around because obviously we are hearing like um, people saying, oh, we're going to start back at the grid. Oh, we're going to take a penalty, but not actually telling us what type of penalty. So is it a back of the grid? Is it a 10-point? Is it a double kind of pe- penalty doing both the ICE and the PEU unit? Like, we just never know. So I think that just added so much uncertainty. So... Big shout out to the strategists as well to figure out what's actually going on and what's probably the best outcome for the team. And then also for those drivers who are in contention for the championship. But yeah, Paris, to be fair, from watching it, um, I was slightly distracted because I'm currently dog sitting. But um, he was quite quiet compared to other drivers, I think. He didn't really do much to get like noticed by sky and just like in commentary in general like everyone was just kind of looking at max because obviously he technically won the uh, finish top in qualifying but obviously with all his penalties it's dropped down i, I don't get it <laughs> but yeah Perez, it's good starting it's good for red bull for the points that they needed for the constructors it i mean he is he really in content still for the championship I don't think so, but it's good to get the points that's needed given that Max is starting towards the back. But again, this is a track that you can overtake quite easily. So do do we think we're going to see a double rebel points, not podium points? Oh, I, uh, you know, I, I think a double rebel points is certainly on the cards. And, you know, if anybody's going to work their way through the field this year, it's going to be Max, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting what you said about Perez almost not being noticed by the commentary. It's like, I think maybe that was a good thing because he was just trying to get the job done and he did a decent job, obviously. But, you know, like, like, like we've just said, you know, it was solid but not, not spectacular. Um, but 
and the, the, the only bit we heard from him on uh, was at the end of qualifying when he sounded almost disappointed to 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 finish P three. Um, so yeah, so it's uh, yeah, Perez I think would be an interesting one to watch tomorrow. Um, you know, he'll probably go full tire whisperer and uh, you know probably probably drive the whole race on on a set of softs or something. Who knows? Oh, uh, tire management king. I know, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, he's yeah, absolute Perez king. Yeah, and then starting behind him, uh, we'll talk about these two together because I think this might be quite interesting. Um, we have the age-old pairing, quite literally. It's the Grand Eye Club of F1, Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton. Oh, I'll bring back McLaren all over again. <laughs> I know, yeah. Do you think we'll see some sparks between them tomorrow? Hmm, I don't know. Because, I mean, with Alonso, for those that have stayed away during the break, uh, Alonso has announced that he has moved to Aston Martin. And that's kind of created a knock-on effect um, to what is going on with driver contracts in this silly season break and even now to the second half i think he's gonna get his elbows out and he's willing to push it to the limit i to be fair i I might see i can see maybe even in the podium position i think contention which i think that's my bold prediction if i had to do one myself but i think alonso is gonna do well i think going into the first corners i think alonso and hamilton are gonna go wheel to wheel but i do think hamilton will take over Alonso, but then Alonso will make it up later on in the race. Do you, do you think Alonso will almost sort of like subconsciously let him by and then maybe as they come down the back the back straight, the um the, the camel straight, he might think oh, I got the URS and then go he 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 and then mm-hmm. then try and get past him into uh in, in into turn five. I I could see Alonso doing that and knowing Alonso he will he will pull the car out dramatically with sparks flying and he'll lock up into turn five, push Hamilton wide. And then shout karma down the radio, a la 2016 with with Julian Palmer. Um, so yeah, it was a. Uh, on paper, it looks like a improved performance for Hamilton this weekend, but there was still, there still seemed to be quite a pace deficit between them and and the top of the field, especially the Red Bulls. Um, you know, if if you look at sort of where where they were, I mean, it's easy to compare to last year, but we can't compare to last year because the cars are completely different. So. Hamilton, I mean, he's ahead of his teammate, you know, and and George has been incredibly consistent this year, and and has you know has had some very good. Obviously, got pole position last time out in Hungary, so for Hamilton, it's, it's good for him to be to qualify ahead of his teammate on merit, and uh, and and you know, I, I imagine we'll see something good from him tomorrow. You know, he has, you know, he's not a seven-time world champion and a hundred and three-time race winner, if I'm not mistaken, for no reason. And he and he loves Spa anyway. I mean, most of the drivers do. But how do you think he's going to fare tomorrow, aside from uh, battling with Alonso? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to show his skill and his... I mean, both of them are legends in, um, in F1 and the amount of years of experience that they have. I, again, could be another contender for podium as well. I think Hamilton will play it safe, though, because both him and George are consistent. Um obviously minus George in Silverstone, but Hamilton, the last five races have had a consistent top six finish. He is doing very, very well now. And I think he's got his like mojo second win now to kind of push through. Could this also potentially be the race where he wins to keep his streak of winning a race of every single season he competes? Because I don't know what other race might be a contender for that for him. 
who knows? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, with Hamilton, we've we've uh, you know, you know, we we said it sort of a few times this season. You know, it's 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 been a bit of a running theme of is this a season that he's not going to win a race? You know, we said it quite strongly at the start of the season when he went out in Q one in Saudi. Um, but then as we sort of moved into uh, you know moved to Canada and then into the Silverstone, to you know, Merck have improved. So mm-hmm. you know. You, You'd never write him off, and I and people listening and watching, they'll probably know I'm a Max fan. But you, you know, you never write off Hamilton. He's won in every single season that he's competed. Exactly. You know, even in years like 2009, 2013. So, um, you know, so, so, yeah, uh, I, I don't think he'll win tomorrow. You know, I think, I think the likes of Perez and Sainz, and the sort of. And and um, you know the likes of Max and Leclerc, they will likely pass him. Um, I mean, it's Spa after all. You know, there's a good opportunity. Um, you know, for, for for them to do it. You know, Max is going to have he's going to have that sort of push from his home crowd as well. So mm-hmm. he, I, I think Hamilton will have a decent result, but I I don't I don't think we'll even see him on the podium, let alone the top step. Okay. I mean, to be fair, looking at the rest of the tracks this season, though, what other race do you think he will have the best opportunity given to win a race? Like Spa, obviously, we say about how the overtakes are, and obviously, with the penalties that people have had, he is starting quite high. I mean, he's been around this area a bit in qualifying in previous races, but again, not as much overtaking um, abilities, Sorry, um, not much um, chances for overtakes. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I think this could be like it's even Sky commentators are saying that as well. Like, it is probably one of the better races for him to get the win to keep that streak alive. But I can't think of any other race that would be kind of close to that opportunity for him. Yeah, and um, you, you know, it's like next weekend as I'm for no, <laughs> you, yeah, you, you you can't really overtake there. Imagine all that banking, like that. Ooh. Imagine <laughs> going to wheel, wheel to wheel, with Max on that banking. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think the uh, the Dutch residents would be too happy. Um, but mind you, I think, I think he'll only be doing that when Max is lapping him this year. Uh, anyway, moving down the grid before people get their pitchforks out. Uh, P five, George Russell. Not quite the highs of P three from last year in a Williams. Um, I bet, I bet he didn't think of this. He'd be P five in a Mercedes. Um, but stranger things have happened. Um, yeah. How do you think he's going to get on tomorrow? I think he's just going to play, uh, drive a consistent race, head down, not elbows out. I think he's just going to keep it easy, focus on the race itself and not trying to do any kind of stupid mistakes because he's still trying to get points for the team, for the constructors. And I think he just still wants to prove that he is a good teammate to Lewis. And I think continuing this top five streak um minus obviously um silverson that's still on the record now like he is still finishing in top five in almost every race he's competed i think minus silverson so i think he's just want to finish where he started maybe move up a point uh an extra position but i don't see him getting too kind of jumpy and taking too many kind of dodgy overtakes um during the race yeah, um, you know, you know, Russell has been arguably the most consistent driver this year. So, you know, I I think he made a very good point that they'll sort of keep his head down, 
try and stay out of trouble, you know, because we've seen it before where Carter tried to go three wide into La Source um, and it hasn't worked out. You know, 2012, we had Roman Grosjean and his catapulting car coming through. And then obviously, yeah, I saw that from Ted Kravitz. Yes, I did. Absolutely. Um, and then and then 2018, you know, we had that quite scary accident where Alonso ended up on top of, uh, I think Leclerc was in the Sauber at the time. I think it was his first season. First year we had, we had the halo. That was quite a, that was quite a scary one. So, Hopefully they'll behave themselves going into La Source this year. Um, and also hopefully there's no safety car caused by the rain. Um, you know, so we actually get a racing lap. Uh, we're getting to that in a bit. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think I think Russell will probably sort of sit back, let it unfold in front of him. To be honest, I think there could be a fairly decent chance that if there is a bit of a sort of mashup in front of him, he might just sneak around the outside. Obviously, got to be careful because there's gravel there now. It's going to make it interesting. Um, but you know, it, there is a bit of a sort of melee in front of him. He, he could end up sneaking into the leads. We never know. You know Anything can happen in Spa. spa. Like, <laughs> we've it, seen it all. Exactly. And and do you know what else can happen in Spa? Nothing like last year. Uh, so so mo- moving down, the, you know, moving down the grid a bit. P six, Alex Alban. Wow. Absolutely. Finally, he got into Q three on merit. I just want to say he got into Q three. He knocked out Danny Rick, easily done, and you know, and and put that Williams up into Q3. You know, learned obviously learned lessons from his teammate Gotifi, got it into Q3. A great qualifying performance for him. Yeah, he is finally the last driver because he was the only driver coming into Spa that's not made it into Q3 by merit. So perfect for him. Um, I think it proves as well how. The cars are the season as well. Um, we wanted close racing. We wanted close kind of battling, even without a race taking place, but just even like the times and the numbers, they are quite close. Um, maybe not as close as previous seasons, like maybe two or three teams on one kind of bunch and then two or three teams on another bunch. But like overall on the 20 grid, it's getting a lot closer. But Alex... Like so happy he's back on into F1 um, racing again for Williams. It was the best decision. Obviously, he's renewed his contract as well during the summer break. Best decision Williams will ever do for this season. I think there's also another maybe decision of somebody leaving that might be the best decision as well. <laughs> but yeah, I I really hope he can still stay in the points and not have any issues. We don't know how Williams is because we've never really seen a Williams minus George in that two laps that took place last year up in the front in Spa recently. So we'll see. I, I really would like to see him keep his points, stay in sixth or seventh, but not drop down because um, he is doing so well in that car this season. Absolutely. Yeah, he uh, he deserves to be in Q3. You know, he's, he's been working hard this year. He's you know, He's got points anyway, and it's nice see him get the one lap pace out the car as well, which it does appear is somewhat there. So Williams have obviously made some aero upgrades and Albon is settling into that team nicely. I also agree with you that I think that's the best decision Williams have made, getting him on a multi-year deal. I don't, I guess something just happens in F2. Um, I, I, uh, you know, I, I don't think we'll see him, uh, perhaps sort of like move up the field as such, but if he, if he really sort of like stays roughly where he is, get some good points for the team. I think that'll be good. I'll tell you what else I think will play into his hands a bit is he obviously has, um, he obviously has history of, of racing for the fields when he was with Red Bull. Now I know 
obviously it's a different you know different era of car all the rest of it but he's got some experience of being up there in the in the field anyway so hopefully that will sort of play to his strengths a bit and to be fair it's not the first time he started sort of like this high up the grid you know because he, he had it a bit when he was at Red Bull for the for that sort of season and a half so hopefully it will help him yeah, I, I hope so. But I mean, it's a Red Bull. You're comparing a Red Bull to a Williams as well, though. That's <laughs> that's uh, a bit of a yes. Okay, yeah, I, I am, but but I'm I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm also I'm also sort of thinking, you know, yeah, he's 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 got the experience of when he was there. It's not so much about the car; it's the fact that he's been in that in yeah. that position. Yeah. Um, who knows? You know, you might absolutely stuff it. We'll, we'll see. Um. But anyway, behind him, uh, and if anybody has been living under a rock over the over the last little week or so, Daniel Ricciardo is an absolute shock to nobody on planet Earth is leaving McLaren at the end of 2022. Insert shock Pikachu face here. Now, it's safe to say that the Danny Rick and, and McLaren partnership has not worked, and both both sides of of this you know, could have obviously done done things differently. Lots of lessons will be learned. We've heard Zach Brown talk about it. Um, but let's not focus on that. So Danny Rick, P7, but he actually qualified P11, I believe, because he got knocked out by Alex Albon, who we just spoke about. So again, his teammate, you know, crossed the line, what, P5, P6 maybe? I think P5 Norris was. Um, and yet again, Danny Rick, he was out in Q2. I mean, what, what, what more can we say? Yeah, um, I think Norris. If I'm looking on uh, F1, oh wait, yeah, that's the right one. It's saying that Norris um crossed the line in P10, so still ahead of Ricardo. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but even so, it was about half a second difference. Um, the times as well for it, but yeah, um. <sighs> I don't know. With the situation with Ricardo as well, given everything that's happening externally as well, it, it's it's quite tricky. I kind of thought that with him announcing that he was going to leave, he was going to like pull it right out of the bag saying like, look, you got rid of me. Like, fooled you. Um, but that wasn't the case at all. And I don't know. Um, seeing him in interviews as well, he just seems so down. Like, he keeps on saying it's mutual, but we all know it's probably not mutual, um, given how his track record's been for the two years. I, I don't know. I just, I hope he can find a seat maybe next year. But yeah, his qualifying wish is not not up to pace from what we know. And uh, Christian Horner was talking so much about him um, with uh, the Sky team, saying like how different he is compared to how he was in Red Bull. I think the worst decision was him leaving Red Bull to go to Renault. He probably should have stayed, um, but he just did that for a better contract, which, fair enough, a driver can do that, but that literally started a downward spiral for him in his performance. And, I mean, to be fair, he got $21 million, so not bad payout. But if he doesn't have a seat next year, it's going to be quite tough, and we'll see how the board... Uh, chooses which contract is more valid for Piastri because I'll have a effect on where Daniel could go because he said he would go back to Alpine but qualifying just would Alpine want to by this point that's the question because he's, well, he's not the driver he was yeah but I mean 
well, who else in contend if Piazza goes to McLaren? Who mm. else? Apparently, it was rumored that even Gasly is apparently in contention now. <laughs> like he's, he's not going to sit alongside uh, Ocon. They hate each other. Exactly. But apparently, according... Well, I mean, this is coming from Helmut Marco, so <laughs> we'll see. But, like, other media agencies are still talking about it as well, saying that apparently he's on radar, but I don't see him even leaving AlphaTauri to go to an Alpine. But... Yeah, that's you know, this, this is this is a, this is a whole other podcast in itself. I think. Yeah, but his quali- his qualifying like will he finish around the same time? I think he's going to drop down. I think it's a given that he's going to drop down the grid. I think he'll go out of points. That's how much of a drop down I'm, I'm betting on. Yeah, he, yeah, he just he just hasn't got the pace, or, or he just hasn't got this. Yeah, the, the pace, the speed. Or the confidence in the car. So he's, uh, yeah, you know, I just can't see him holding his position, let alone making up positions. Um, but anyway, you know, I, I think we've probably read Danny Rick enough this season and last season. Um, behind him, uh, fellow ex Red Bull alumni Pierre Gasly, P8, has obviously just spoken about. Decent showing from him. He's, he's had a bit of a topsy turvy season this season. Uh, but it was it was a it was a much improved performance from him today. I thought a bit unlucky to miss out on Q three, but obviously you know didn't quite have the pace. Uh, but starts P eight. How do you think he's going to fare tomorrow? If we take how he has been this season, he is going to have an incident in the first turn or within the first lap. You hear his name saying going wheel to wheel with another driver, or there's been contact by Gasly. I'm still sticking by that. That is going to happen again at Spa tomorrow. But I don't know how much it will be, but I think like he he's getting better. I, I don't know what, I don't know, maybe it's because obviously the talk about Alphatori has re-signed him and such, but he's just kind of changed and I'm hoping that the break as well has done him justice to kind of reset and refocus for the second half of the season because we do see drivers come back after the break and pretty much 180 on the skills and abilities and the confidence they have in the car. So I'm hoping that's the case with Gazi because like you said, he's just not had the best season given that we were expecting so much from him at the start of the season and he's not achieved any of that. Yeah. I mean, if we look at Gazi from last season, you know, his, uh, his stock was probably the highest he's ever been in F1. And now he's uh not forgotten about, but he's not he's not the first driver on everybody's lips anymore, which is a bit of a shame. Um, obviously, quite always going to be Spa now. He's always going to be quite an emotional weekend for him because obviously it was uh, three years ago today that he lost his best friend in the um, in the F two feature race, mm-hmm. uh, and and yeah, you know that's that's always going to you know that's always going to be on his mind. I'd imagine as we come into come into Spa. Um, Hopefully he'll take that emotion, that energy, and put that into his race, like he did in 2019 after he'd been dropped by Red Bull, because he actually drove a pretty decent race mm-hmm. for Toro yeah, Rosso nice. that 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 weekend. Um, so yeah, so Gasly, good good qualifying. I hope he can stay in the points and uh, and more to point, I hope he can stay ahead of P9's uh, James Bond Junior enemy esque. Lo- uh, I was going to say Lawrence Stroll. No, he's no. You he, he can get him and his ego in the car. Um, P nine Lance Stroll. Um, 
even though he's even though he crossed the line something like P fourteen, I think he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember anymore because I haven't got it next. Yeah, week. Got, P fourteen. He was. I, I thought so because I remember hearing that he was P fourteen, and it sounded like he was almost laughing. Did you hear that team radio when when his engineer told him he was like, oh, "Okay, Dad." It's like, yeah. it's like, bro, that's not how you react to having a pretty decimal qualifying. But I don't know if it's maybe because he did finish P14, not that far off from where it like ended. It was mm, half a second or so from um, Norris who finished in P10. I think it's also maybe he was thinking, oh, there's a lot of drivers ahead of me that are going to go back to the grid. So like, while yeah, it was not the best finish p14 i know i'm gonna make up a few positions for the actual race maybe that was my thing i actually didn't hear the radio but i probably will listen to it after this to hear what it said i did hear um his teammates radio instead um for that but stroll mm, could drop down he could do better um he's kind of a wild card because when he's been in like the top 12 top yeah when he starts in the top 12 or top 14 he does get, he has been getting points he's gotten three points already he's gotten in canada uh australia and then france i believe as well was it france one of the more recent ones so you might still get a point we don't know again it's spa like anything could happen we can see a uh, another williams on podium and have it be oh, latifi <laughs> well you know stranger things have happened in spa uh yeah, let's uh, let, let's you know, let's 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 see see what he see what he does tomorrow. I just miss him and Brad going at each other on on, on the radio. To be honest, pick um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that he's the okay button, Lance. Yeah, and then just and then I remember I remember there was one where, where Brad said uh, said right pit and you know box and pick confirm. And he said why why we didn't they went oh stay out then. It was like a parent saying well do what you want you won't get any dinner. You know, so it was, uh, yeah, so uh, they, they had quite an interesting dynamic, those two. But, um, yeah, ahead of Stroll was uh, uh, was um, the man who was definitely in the twilight of his F1 career and obviously it only has a handful left. I think we're down to single digits for him now. Uh, four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel. Again, yes. Just, just seeing him go out and then, I think I put in in the Slack chat. He just sounds done with F one. It's just like mm-hmm. you know, he, he you he crossed the line and then he was just you know it wasn't again. He was knocked out and it was just like you know you could hear him. he was just he was just he's just gutted and he's just yeah just talk about a fall from grace. Um, you know, I think it's safe to say that last year at Ferrari ruined him mm-hmm. and he's yeah. a shadow of his former self. Like zero point zero zero two, like that is absolutely crazy. Cause he, you could hear he put his all into that that last lap and like the laps that he was doing, and he was trying to get the positions, and then to go out, and it's not the first time he has gone out with that small of a uh, difference as well between Q two and Q three, or even Q one to Q two. He's done that a handful of times this season already, and um. Yeah, his radio was just heartbreaking. Like some of the things that he's um we see on social media recently when Seb was announcing was like about how he's telling fans like go for Mick, like support Mick. Like he's just completely done. And it's heartbreaking given that he has had such a great career in F1. 
and to kind of finish it this kind of way it is quite sad um i'm hoping maybe get some more points um just keep on getting points i don't think you will get a podium for these last few races unless something magical happens but like if you can just continue keeping some points and supporting the team as he can um i think that'll probably be a better way to end his career um at the end of the season Yeah, um, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that uh, that Seb is just winding down to his last few races now. Um, it's it's a sh- it's a shame to see him go in in the way that he's going, you know, and and you know, I hope that other drivers don't go this way. He's Avi Hamilton, um, you know, I, I hope that they can sort of go out as I say, n- not with dignity. That sounds wrong, but but go out before their hand is semi forced. Uh, so pull a, uh, a Nico just retire. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think just, that's the best situation you can ever do is let you win and then just be like, "Nah, I'm done. I'm out." Yeah, yeah. Just ultimate mic drop. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Seb. You know, he's just. You know, I, I, I think he's sort of just he's he's just doing a box ticking exercise. Um, he's obviously got his mind and his, and his his attention and his energy is now. Slowly being focused on po- on his post F one life, so you know whether he- I wouldn't be surprised if we see him back on on the grid next year as a mentor to uh, Mick Schumacher. Um, I really he, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, if he has a spot because it's still not confirmed as yeah, well. That's <laughs> as, yeah, as yeah. When, when Crofty asked uh, Gunter Stein on the pit wall, said uh, said you know what about the second seat, and then and the, Gunter being being very coy there, yeah. No, I, I, you know, I, I do think we'll see Mick on, on the grid next year, and I think wherever Mick goes, Seb will be there to mentor him. Probably not every week because obviously he's got, I think, Seb's got two or three young kids, and and you know he's got a family, and he's been doing this since what two thousand and six. Is it two thousand six, two thousand seven? It was midway through two thousand six with yeah. Williams, wasn't it? Yeah, Williams BMW, I think. I don't know. I wasn't very old. Um, Same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was older than you. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So the point is, he's been in F1 an awfully long time, and he's a uh, yeah. He's uh, he's moving on to pastures new. But yeah, it's a uh, just just a bit of a shame, I think, to see the way he's going. Um, but it paves the way for the absolute goat of F1, Nicholas Latifi, who starts P11 to side through the field and take a stunning victory tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he's close enough to get points because he is the only driver, minus obviously um, Hulkenberg, to not have points this season. So it is possible. God forbid if it's raining as well. We know how good the Williams are in the wet. We've seen it in free practice back in Hungary. Um, and then when it went dry, it just completely went downhill on qualifying. But we know for some reason Williams love the wet races and wet tracks and everything um, but yeah Latifi I mean he didn't really do well in actual qualifying because a lot of it's not on his own merit but he is contending for points I think if he gets more than a single point that's going to be quite an interesting one if he finishes top five that will be like social media will lose their head like they already lost their head in um if, all right, if if he finishes top five, I'll shave my head. Bad, bad. It's, no, <laughs> it's live done. It's live done. Oh, God. 
I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm going to drive over to Belgium tonight and just stab his tires or something. I can't. I can't fly over. Yeah, I, I, I can't lose this. But, but yeah, I, he can get he can get a few points, I think. I um, <laughs> but we'll see. I I think he can get at least one or two points. I think I think it also will be good given that he has had a weird season. Um, obviously, there's rumors circulating about his contract as well. And I think getting the points and kind of performing the second half of the season, I think will be kind of a good way to end off if he was to finish at the end of the season. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I, I know we joke about the teaching and all the rest of it, but it is nice to see him up there. I, okay. I know it's not of his own merit, but if he, if he'd have crossed the line plum last, he'd be like P. 13 and he's P okay yeah when you say it like that it doesn't sound great but the point is he's on the cusp of getting points so you know I I want to see him get a point because hey just one yeah just just the one yeah certainly not any more than fifth place please Nikki um <laughs> it, you know it's uh you know I'll have to go and buy a razor soon uh but um but yeah he, you know he's a uh, you know, he's he's a nice guy, um, but being a nice guy doesn't necessarily mean you're a good driver. Um, you know, hopefully not good enough to finish fifth anyway. Uh, so uh, yeah, so, so you know, I, I just want to see him get a point because I'm hoping that it'll sort of like give him a bit of a sort of kickstart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, I I don't think it'll be enough to save his seat. I think that seat is. I think he's on borrowed time, especially as William said that they don't need the Latifi investment. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but you know, he might already know. We don't know. Um, so he, you know, so he just needs to go out and enjoy himself. I think um, someone who didn't enjoy themselves, Kevin Magnuson, pretty disappointing quality. Oh. God, I like obviously Gunther is on the pit wall for Sky um this weekend. And what he was talking about before qualifying was like, yeah, we're gonna have make sure that Kevin's quite high because obviously we know Mix at the back of the grid. We're gonna try to do everything that we can to help Kevin Magnuson and he literally gets out in Q3. It's like Q1, sorry, the first one. Um confusing and heartbreaking. Um I don't know what the reason was, like I don't know if there was like an engine situation or a mechanical issue, but like it's not something that we're used to seeing from Kevin this season. Um, normally we see him like close to the top 10 um, more than anything else. So I don't know what just happened. He, But yeah, it was heartbreaking, like literally after Q1 going back to Gunther and you just see his face is just completely dropped because obviously he was so excited to try to get Kevin as high as possible and kind of supporting him and then out in Q1. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, just, I don't know what happened. You know, Haas has showed a lot of promises here and then it's, uh, it's just, it's just sort of, just not, not always come to fruition for them. You know, they've had some great highs, you know, the, uh, you're locking out the third row in Canada and then they've had races, oh, sorry, qualifiers like today where, you know, came across the line about, P nineteen or something. It doesn't make P8. sense. It doesn't, does it? You know, because you know, because the the, the, fir- the first race back, you know, we finished what P five, I think, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like you know, what, what's happened. Yeah. So 
and I think Haas has also upgrades as well. I think they've kind of come into some of the upgrades. So I don't know if it was, I mean, it's obviously you got some upgrades on uh, mix as well, but I think um, Kevin has some upgrades as well, but I, I just don't get it. Like, we know how good Kevin is. We've seen him this season and previous seasons that he is like saving house this season, I think. Um, and obviously with his multi-year contract, we're going to see a lot more next, next season than the years after. But it was just, it was a weird one. Like I said, like we were expecting him to finish like towards like closest to the top 10 and then he's out P19. And by a big margin as well on time is, I, uh, I just don't know. Like, Haas was so confident in Kevin and then to see that just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's just uh yeah, it's just yeah, he he'll be disappointed. Gunter will will, will be uh will, will will be disappointed. So we'll uh yeah. It, it was P eighteen that came up and I and I've just found the Haas social media post, which is uh yeah, I think it's safe to say it's very disappointing for them. Uh, but moving moving down the grid, we have the last of the non-penalty drivers, which has a lot that are only down to P13. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda, um, bit of a dismal Quiet. quality for him. Just, I forgot he was there. No word of a lie, when when Sophia and I were trying to work out all the driver, where who finished where, we forgot about Yuki. It was only it was only because I went through and counted and numbered it in Microsoft Word that I realized we've forgotten a driver. That's how nondescript UT was today. Yeah, I mean, he was just quite like no spin outs, no hits, no nothing. So that's fine. Like that's good day for Yuki. It was just quiet. Um, obviously, getting out P nineteen um, in qualifying. Will we see him move up? Maybe. Will we see him maybe spin out? Maybe. Who knows? I just. I think he just needs to have a quiet because he's also one of the other drivers that doesn't have a contract for next season as well. He needs to start pulling out the results and getting some of the results out and hopefully starting a little bit higher up on the grid um, for tomorrow. He's probably going to be able to. Yeah. Um, I mean, Yuki, you know, I, I've got to be honest, I don't really have an awful lot to say about him. You know, he's a, he just needs to. He just just needs to get his head down and just you know if he just keeps it yeah to keep his head down and drive if he he keeps it pointing in the right direction for the whole race that's good for him Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah you know I think he'll have to be looking over his shoulder as well with the likes of Liam Lawson obviously taking part in FP1 and you know you know know, people like Felipe Drogovic or maybe Johan Deruvula. Yeah, that seat could possibly be under threat. Maybe not to Rubler. Um, well, yeah. Red yeah. Bull, Red Bull. Yeah. Well, well that's, that's what I'm thinking, yeah. You know, the, the, the point is, you know, there are, there's, uh, there are several drivers who may well be uh, uh, be looking at the AlphaTauri seat. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so you need a couple of clean weekends. Um, so, starting alongside him is the uh, the resident barista, uh Valtteri Bottas. Um, he qualified P20, which is the first time since, I believe, Monaco, uh, Monaco 2015, when he was still with Williams, mm-hmm. that, he, uh, that he got knocked out in Q1. Now, let's caveat this a bit and say, 
I'll, I'll certainly I'm going to caveat this and say I wonder if he didn't necessarily put too much into it because he knew he was getting lots of engine penalties. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I just watched that F2 crash. Yeah. Um, that that's going to hurt for Logan Sargent. I would not be surprised if um, if, if Bottas almost sort of just did it as as a box ticking exercise where mm-hmm. you know where he went out, he got within the one hundred and seven percent time. Because obviously they have to you know, get granted permission, and he's still starting P fourteen as opposed to back of the grid, which is the other six drivers that we'll get into in a moment. Um, so yeah, so what are your thoughts on Bottas? You know, do, you know, do, do you agree with me? Do you disagree? I one hundred percent agree. Uh, earlier on Grid Talk, I said big shout out to the strategist to kind of figure out what's the, probably the best outcome. I think that is probably one of the best strategies for the qualifying for any of the drivers um, for today, because while they know that he was going to take the penalty, he ticked the boxes, but then still wound up doing very well with the starting grid of P14. I think it could be good in points, maybe. I think he's doing so well for Alpha as well. Um, He's kind of got into his own kind of chair position and kind of taken control of a team, which is what, I think he would never have been able to do Mercedes. Obviously, they say there's no one and two, but we all know there is a one and two. Alfa Romeo, there is a one and two, given that it's Joe's first year and such. Um, But he's just doing so well and performing so well and giving what Alfa needed as well. They needed some points. They needed some, like, good battling with other drivers and other constructors, and that's exactly what it is. And, yeah, um, Bartos' strategy today was perfect, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I think, you know, I, I think you actually hit the nail on the head. And I'm not just saying that because you agreed with me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so you know, so uh, I, I, I think if if there weren't any other engine penalties, and I think if, um, you know, if if it was just him, I think perhaps he would have just done basically done an installation app, and that being that. Um, although it wouldn't have, you know, although it wouldn't have really mattered as such anyway. So. I, I, it depends on what if it was a back of a grid penalty or a ten place grid penalty. I think I, his. I think his was a twenty five place grid penalty. I read. Oh, because it's a double. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah because I think Alfa just can't quite have it all. Um, yeah. and they just put fresh. They've obviously done multiple components for it to be twenty five place because yeah. that's probably a ten and a fifteen for what ice and maybe turbo and control electronics. I don't know. I haven't read yeah. the. F1 notes. On, uh, no, I haven't read the FIA release on it yet. Yeah, nothing's been released. But I mean, with both alphas as well, both of them having penalties, I think it was a given because given how this season they have had so many engine problems, so many mechanical problems, not just for one driver, but for both drivers. Yeah. Um, to be fair, we've never actually, I don't think we've had a double alpha DNF though this season, which is surprising. Uh, no, I think you're correct. I know we've had, obviously had some. Ferrari it's always ones. one or the other. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, you're absolutely right in that the Ferrari power unit is definitely, whilst it's obviously pretty powerful, it's not perhaps that reliable, and it's been the Achilles heel for for the team, which is a shame because the team has certainly been much improved this year. You know, I've I've been impressed with both drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, Bottas, I've always liked him, and you know, thought he was a bit hard done by sometimes at Mercedes. So it's nice to see him. Uh, nice to see him looking relaxed, looking happy. Probably because he's, he's got a multi-year deal. 
been impressed with Joe Guanyu. I hope he gets an extension into F1 um, for, for next year. Uh, I think he will. Um, yeah. His so, performance yeah. and his funding, those two is what you need for a driver, and he's done exactly yeah. that yeah he's you you're actually you're absolutely right he's done exactly that and you know he's uh um yeah you know he's, he's just been unlucky with reliability i'd say mm-hmm. yeah, you know but um but behind bottas is the man who crossed the line um p1 in uh in q3 max verstappen current championship leader as well mm-hmm. just putting that out there um <laughs> By 80 points and counting. Um, God. <laughs> there we go. There it is. Um, yes. So, yeah, Max, um, I mean, you can't really argue that he had a great, great qualifying. Um, he did what he needed to do to stay ahead of Leclerc. Um, or, well, sorry, start ahead of Leclerc, mm-hmm. who, well, who obviously got hamstrung by Ferrari's strategy anyway. Uh, what do you think Max is going to do tomorrow? Send it. Absolutely send it. I mean, we've seen before him making up positions, um, starting slightly back um, in other races. Again, Spa, easy track to, well, not easy. It's one of the easier tracks to overtake and have opportunities to overtake. And given how powerful the DRS is this season as well, I I mean, we said earlier today, probably like, I can see a Red Bull double points, maybe not a double podium. That I feel like <laughs> if someone was to put a bet on that, that would be like, a great return if that was to happen. But I see Max going into the points tomorrow. Where are the points? No idea. Maybe top five. Who knows? Um, but he's just going to go elbows out, overtake when he can. Yeah. I want to see, to be fair, I want to see after the end of the race, who did the most overtakes and also how many overtakes per lap as well. Because sometimes you have some drivers that do two, two overtakes in one single lap with three overtakes sometimes. That would be kind of a cool thing to pull up and see for tomorrow. No, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think it is safe to say that Max is going to absolutely send it tomorrow. He's not going to hang around. He's going to do his best to keep Leclerc behind him. Um, and, you know, I, I again agree with you. So I think it's, I think it's a given to say that he's going to end up in the points. I don't think he'll be on the podium. I think right there, I think it'll just be too much to ask especially with some of the drivers in front of him. But stranger things have happened. Look at um, Hungary when he started 10th. So, you know, so, you know, and obviously, you know, look at um, look at some of the drivers that people have done from back in the grid. I'm thinking Hamilton, Brazil last year. It's a good example. Perez, um, Bahrain. Exactly. You know, Secure <laughs> 2020 was, was, was down to plumb last uh, in, in the first lap and then went on to sensationally win. He's obviously his maiden win. Um, yeah, so you know, so so yeah, anything's possible, yeah, anything's possible with, with Max. And and now that he's not as hot headed as he once was, you know, he'll 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 play the long game, I think, mm-hmm. definitely. But, um, yeah, so moving on to his championship rival for this year, Charles Leclerc. Uh, I think that's a new record for, for Ferrari, who haven't even got into the race, and already they've made a mistake, they've put him on the wrong tyre. And then, and then he went out and said, oh, what the hell is this? And, uh, and Ferrari said, oopsie, silly me, teehee. And, uh, yeah. Stay I, out as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, stay out, yeah. Don't bother coming in to change and then bringing him back into pit, fuel change tyres, and sending him back out when he didn't even have enough time to... Oh, my God, where do we even begin? Um, go on, Soph. Oh, that... Tell us how you really lap. feel. 
<laughs> I I feel oh god, Ferrari Ferrari's the new Williams when it comes to laughing stocks, I think. Um and I am sorry and I apologize to the Ferrari fans, but y'all have to agree with this. Like every single race there has been a strategy blunder of some sort or a Ferrari problem of some sort every single race. Like Call me out if it's if I'm wrong, but I believe I'm quite right on this. I just don't get it. Like the tire strategy, and then also the last lap as well, coming out of the pit lane, literally milliseconds almost by signs. They were very close to almost kind of hitting sometimes, and it oh, it was just weird. Like I'm saying weird all the time because this is literally how it was with this qualifying. I, I I get some of the timing strategies, but like some of the calls were quite dodgy, and I feel like some of the conversations probably shouldn't have been on the radio. Like saying, "Oh, sorry, mistake." You, it's not a single a single person's decision on something like this. It's got to go through multiple channels. Any one person could have been like, "Um, shouldn't we save these tires for Sunday?" I mean, weather says it, it might be a little bit wet, maybe intermediates. So you would still need a good pair of soft tires, if not two, especially new ones as well, because we know how good they are. I, what? Like, just don't get it. I I think, yeah, like I said, tick off Ferrari mess-up strategy already for the second half of the season. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't really have anything to add to that. You've... Uh... Yeah, um, you should be joining in on Ferrari and rightly so. I mean, you know, they're a team that don't know how to win a championship and things like today. Bear in mind, this is a quality review, not a race review. And today they've just yeah. proved that they exactly don't know how to, um, how, how, to, how to win a race. So I don't, you know, just... <laughs> I mean, for, 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 for me as a match fan, it's brilliant because it's just, you know, you, you'll just take it and run. You know, why wouldn't you? But um, but yeah, but you know, I you know, one of my best mates, Jr., who might be listening to this. Oh, Jr. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really pity him because he, he's a Ferrari fan. And sorry, bro, mm-hmm. but this is uh, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna take the grass this chance with both hands. Yeah. So I, yeah. I have so many uh, friends who are Italian who are big Ferrari fans, and like they work at like the coffee shop I go to, and like every time I come in on a Monday, they're like, "We're not talking about it. We're not talking yeah, about the race." Like. Uh, <laughs> And how, like, you had such a good lead, a good graphic. Like, I was doing some graphics and seeing, like, the points change for the first half of the season. And, like, you just see it's, like, Ferrari's just extending, then you just see a drop. Like, what? And, like, the gap that between Max and Charles as well is, like, one of the largest that they've had coming into the um, second half of the season. So, statistically, Charles could still have a chance to win the World Championship, but it's more you gotta make sure Ferrari's strategy is on point and Red Bull's is not and like kind of 180 which will never happen Red Bull strategy like Hannah Schmidt is probably one of the best strategists she's in, got it. in the F1 yeah. she's got it absolutely nailed <laughs> yeah. So, yeah so yeah I mean we can go on about this all day um, but let's uh, let's move down the grid to P17 um Esteban Ocon, he had, had a pretty decent quality um, to, to you know to to, to a point. Uh, it was interesting that he was giving Alonso a toe. If I if you know if I was Otmar Staff now, I, I'd have said, "Nah, 
Fernando, you do you, and you're the one who's left. Um, but no, he was, uh, uh, you know, he was, uh, uh, yeah, he was, uh, it, it's, it's a shame to see him this far down the grid because, you know, he, you know, he would have been starting on the second or all the third row, which is a very, very good showing from him. He's been one of the most quiet and consistent drivers this season. Uh, you don't hear about him much in commentary or doing major overtakes, elbows out overtakes. He's just steadily getting the points needed for Alpine. I do understand that uh, with the toe, but it was weird because the first part of that lap, he was so far away from Alonso that it just didn't help. And then the minute that they like slingshotted it, Alonso was yellow on sector one. So like, what was the point on that? They could have done like at least one more attempt per lap, I think, depending on how the time was. Um, but Alcon's probably been one of the most consistent drivers as well this season, but most quietest consistent driver. Obviously not top fives, but still getting what's needed for Alpine. And I think with the situation with Alonso moving as well, like, yes, you can be better. You can be better, like Alma said in interviews as well. His He did not hold back his views about... the the entire situation, not just Alonso's, but like with Piastri and a few others. Um, but I think they just need to kind of put, like pull up the like shorts and kind of like get into like, we need to get these points. They're still battling with other teams for constructors. They, that's their main focus. They're not winning world championship this season. Definitely not. They need to start pulling out good results. And I think while Alonso is leaving, they're still going to push as much as they can to get both of those both of those drivers up. Yeah, uh, I mean, you made a very good point about uh, Barcon being sort of sort of like, sort of almost a bit of an unsung hero this year. You know, he's uh, he's really taken the fight to Alonso this year, and he's obviously learned a lot from Alonso this year. So he's a, I think I think he's doing a standout job in that Alpine. In his last year, he obviously had quite a dip in form. Um. But this year, aside from you know, you know, he did he had a couple of times where he, where he hasn't had some great races, but um, but no, he's uh, he's he's doing he's doing I'd say he's doing pretty damn well this year. Yeah, one and, of my one of my favorite drivers this season. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's uh, yeah he's yeah he's 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 always sort of like there thereabouts, and he seems you know, he he just seems a bit more sort of wholesome compared to mm-hmm. some of the others. Cough, stroll, cough. <clears throat> um. So yeah, moving on uh, further down the grid, Lando Norris cross cross the line P ten uh, starts P eighteen uh, due to engine penalties and and what have you. Um, again, pretty tired of his teammate got into Q three. I mean, that's pretty much the norm for McLaren this year, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's just consistently doing well. Um, I. Again, another driver that's quite quiet. Um, wasn't really discussing that much um, in commentary and what how his laps have been. Just kind of went out, drove, did tick the box that was needed, supported. I think he did help uh, Ricardo at one point as well with um, a slipstream as well. But yeah, he's just doing what sh- a first driver should do for the team. Um, and I think he stepped into this role very well. What really baffles me, and they said this at the start of qualifying, he is 22 years old. The maturity of these drivers and like how well they perform under uh, pressure is absolutely amazing. And I am really excited even for next season to see who he's going to be with um, 
four with McLaren driving for next season. And I hope Lando can get some um, good positions, maybe not points uh, tomorrow, but could make up some good positions. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that Norris is out and out the, uh, the number one driver at, at McLaren. I think he has been out since Danny Rick was there. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely established himself as that. It's also a very good point you made about the maturity of him because he's, uh, you forget he's only 22. He was born in 1999. Yeah, so he goes 23 this year. But yeah, even uh, still, younger yeah. than me still. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah he, he's, he's turning 23 this year because his, his, his birthday's in November. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you, you just can't get your head around this, um, that he's been in F1 for four years now and he's still still that young. But, but you know the, 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 drive, the drivers are getting getting that young, so it's uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it's it's good to see Norris and these and these younger drivers sort of getting the opportunity to lead the team. So there's definitely a sort of definitely a sort of a shift in uh, in in the power, if you like, in F1. Unfortunately, not in the FIA, but that's another story. Um, yeah, not getting into that. Um, and then on the on the back row, we have this year's rookie Zhou Guanyu. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to say really because he's got quite a lot of engine penalties. Um, you know, you know, it's just uh, I'm not even sure where he crossed the line. Uh, I think he got into Q two. Uh, I could be mistaken. Thirteen. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, P, yeah, P, so P thirteen down to P nineteen with engine penalties. Not ideal for him, um, but you know. But hopefully, we'll see. Hopefully, we'll see a bit of magic from him tomorrow. Yeah. It was a given that he would have to, with the amount of engine problems he's had this season. We've said that multiple times. Like he is performing, probably one of the best seasons as a rookie driver that I've seen in a while. Um, he has just come out of the bag, and through no fault through his own he's had these DNFs. Had he not had these DNFs, he would be very, very much closer to where Bottas is in the driver's standing and doing so well for Alpha and the constructors. But yeah, um, again, he's one of the other drivers that I would say is probably one of my favorites this season because while he is technically a pay driver, given the amount of funding that he does get, um, he's still performing good, like better than good sometimes as well. He's done some amazing moves, amazing saves, amazing overtakes and I'm hoping it's a good race for him um, especially given F- after Silverstone and then bouncing back from that as well he just I, I want to see him next season for sure um, and I hope that is possible and while he is taking the penalties to, um, for tomorrow's race he can still make up some good points because he's done some good overtaking because he's the type of rookie as well right now that he's willing to do the unthinkable overtakes and get the elbows out. Like he has nothing really much to lose because he's already performing so well. And he just wants to solidify that he is a F1 driver and wants to be a F1, a F1 driver for 2023. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, I, I think it's more than enough to justify his place next year. And like we mentioned earlier, reliability is really costing this season. And he brings a lot of backing. You said it yourself, Sophie. He's brought the race results when his engine hasn't let him down, and he brings the funding. He's done a decent job, especially given you know the step from F two to F one. He's pretty big, obviously, with all the hybrid systems or the rest of it. He's a he very, very win. big learning curve for them. 
yeah he didn't even win f2 like because yeah. obviously i do watch f2 he kind of went down towards the end of the season but like he still was producing well in the beginning of the season he's passed Bottas a few times in qualifyings and in finishes as well when they both finish not when there's a one or the other dnf so and even the ones that he was dnf um Zhou Guanyu, he probably would have done probably better than Bottas a few times in some of the races so absolutely amazing from him yeah yeah absolutely he's uh yeah he, he's, he's doing a bang up job like i said of rock on and um and yeah he's a uh, as far as i'm concerned he's more than in his place on the grid next season and Definitely. i and i hope to see him confirm soon and then last but by no means least is mick schumacher um across the line p15 was he p15 you definitely into q2 P15, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I know Stroll was P14. Um, yeah, so P15, yeah. good penalties. He starts, at, he starts at the back of the grids. Um, floor's yours. Yeah, I mean, he was the one with uh, medals at to Like, how heartbreaking is that? Like, your protege, your mentee knocks you out by that little of a time difference. I'm just kind of confused as to why they didn't do something like with Bottas. You know that he's starting way at the back no matter what, or would be the last no matter what anyway, regardless of any other person's take penalties. Why put him into Q? Like, why push so hard and maybe try to get into Q2? Because it would make a difference. Uh, you're using up tires as well. That's probably not needed. Leading potentially more to situations where you could have an incident go into the gravel, given the new gravel traps. I, I just don't understand it. I would have assumed him to be out in Q1 by like finishing P18 or something like that, or P17, because we all knew that he was going to start in P20. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, um, you know, I just think Alpha maybe maybe dropped the ball a little bit on that one. They should have, uh, they you know they 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 should have given uh, given uh, sorry I was going to say given Stroll given Schumacher a toe certainly down the Camel Straight. I mean that seems to be the best place of giving a driver a toe at Spa. Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully that fresh Ferrari engine will help uh, tomorrow. Be nice, be nice to see him work his way up. I don't think he'll make it into the points. But um, but yeah, but he's uh, yeah. It, I I think I think the result he had today is not a true representation of his pace. And obviously, starting at the back of the grid, you know, that's not going to that's not going to do him many favors on paper. But everybody knows that he's better than that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, again, he's one of the ones that doesn't have a contract right now for twenty twenty three. It's still, we've said this multiple times on different podcasts, on like everything F1 and even on Good Talk. And it's just, it's been paused um, from what we are seeing on media. I He's performing well after he got his first points. He is performing well to an extent, but I don't know if it's enough given how well these um, feeder series drivers are performing as well. Like Mick won in 2020 the F- um, FIA World Formula 2 Championship. He's just not performing like how it is. Obviously, you could say it's the car. It could be the funding, the house. Those are other factors as well, but he's just not performing as well. And comparing him to Joe as well, which I'm not really fa- a fan of comparing, but like Joe didn't win, but he's still performing well in his rookie year. 
makes take it two years to get points. And even then, it's not consistent points, and it's still kind of rookie mistakes that you're not expecting. Yuki has more points than Mick, and they both started the same year. And Yuki yeah. didn't even, I think he finished fourth in the constructors, uh, sorry, in the driver's championship in F2, I think, or like definitely yeah, not. He, he, was, he was fourth or fifth, I believe. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, I, I would like to still see the Schumacher name go on. And I hope that maybe he can get a, position with Haas or maybe with a different team, but it's still looking very unlikely him coming into 2023. He might take a sabbatical. He might take a year out, do like an Alex Albon or uh, Alcon as well. Take a year out and then come back better. Yeah, it could be enforced as well. Yeah. It's uh it's yeah it's 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 hard to say at, at, at the moment. So that was your that was your qualifying review for the 2022 Belgian Grand Prix. So we'd just like to take a moment to uh, to, to to give to you so to give a little promo of everything F1. Tell yeah. us tell us where, where you can. This feels weird for me because I'm part of everything F1 as well. So it's like so so you tell me where you can find <laughs> us. I mean, you can see us, you and me on Slack. <laughs> um, <laughs> But for those listening and those watching live, um, Everything F1, we are on all social media at Join EF1. That's on Facebook, Instagram, t- uh, Twitter, TikTok. We have a website called www.everythingf1. We post articles, um, content, opinion pieces pretty much daily. <clears throat> we also have a YouTube channel um, starting up again. We do a podcast that is filmed live uh, every Tuesday night and then is released on Wednesday and it's on all streaming platforms. Uh, if you want to like, subscribe, comment. Um, I, I believe that's it. <laughs> I, th- I think that's everything. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I appreciate you. Sometimes, sometimes you're on the spot a bit to, uh, to, uh, yeah, to, 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 to give, uh, to give that kind of thing. And as for grid talk, it's available on YouTube where most episodes are recorded live as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, Omni Studio, and Pocket Cast, my favourite. Just search Formula One Grid Talk for our back catalogue with shows and previews, reactions to qualifying and race results. Please also consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment. You can get your hands on some official Grid Talk merchandise on f1chronicle.com forward slash store. Also, make sure you subscribe so you're the first to know when each new weekly episode is released. We'll be back soon with plenty more F1 content, namely tomorrow for the review of the 2022 Belgian Grand Prix. But thank you very much for listening and goodbye.